Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, Sports Auto Mike Max. Dave Moore, the one and only Sid Hartman, and the one and only Hall of Famer, Burt Blylevin. Burt, Burt, you've seen a lot in your days. Uh, Have you ever seen a team that plays mash ball like the Twins have played the first couple of months? Uh, it's been fun to watch, Mike. Thank you for having me. And Sid, uh, happy uh, what 108th birthday? Yeah, about 108. We're not yeah, sure right now. Yeah. Off, I think, yeah. yeah, happy birthday to you. But uh, no, it's fun to watch. It's you know what? When you turn on a baseball game, you want to watch. Uh, you know these guys know about their business, and they sure are doing it. All the home runs, the pitching's been outstanding. And I I've really enjoyed watching the defense. You know, you win by pitching and defense. And even though these guys are averaging about five or six runs a game. I, that's what I think throughout the summer is the most important thing, pitching and defense. Bert, uh, some of the games that Mike and I were talking about earlier, it appears that some of the opposing pitchers the Twins have run into can command no more than two pitches for strikes, and it looks like the batters are so well aware of that. I don't know if you saw last night's game, but uh, when Buxton came up, he absolutely figured out what was coming next and where it was going to be. Well, you know what? I think the big thing is that you see some of these pitchers fall behind an account. And, you know, strike one is still very important no matter what level you're at, even in the big leagues, especially the big leagues. You have to get ahead in the count. And, you know, the hitters, they have so many technical charts now on these pitchers that they're <laughs> facing and, and their routine of what they throw in certain situations that if you do your homework, you know, and you get your pitch, you don't miss it, and uh, the Twins have not been missing a lot of the pitches that uh, these pitchers are making mistakes of. Isn't it a funny situation where a guy who never coached in the major league comes into the, with, with the Twins and turns these pitchers around? Unbelievable. I think Wes Johnson's done a great job. You know, communication is such an important thing. But you know what? It's just a matter of these guys believing in their ability. And, you know, Gibson and Odorizzi, they have experienced Brios. Uh, you know, even though last night he didn't get the win, uh, you know, he worked into, what, the fifth inning, and it just did not have a very good start. One inning got away from him. But, you know, the Twins ended up winning the ballgame. That's the more, most important thing. Uh, Perez has been a great addition uh, to the starting staff. If you, you put them side-by-side, side, if you put him side-by-side side with, with videos of old Johan Santana, mm. there's such a similarity between those two. And then Michael Pineda has done a great job. And they'll watch his innings as the season goes on because of not pitching over the last couple of years. But uh, all five guys are doing their job. They're keeping the club in the game. And you're turning it over to a very solid bullpen. Not one guy is going to be the closer, but I think uh, Wes Johnson and Rocco Baldelli and staff has done a great job of organizing You know, each game as an individual game. Uh, and Hopefully, as the summer goes on, these guys will continue to do what they're doing right now. Hey, guys, I think what tip of the hat has to go to uh, 
Derek Falvey and, and Thad Levine, too, are going out and getting guys like Cruz and Crone and Scope and Gonzalez. And, you know, Polanco's playing great at short. Uh, Rosario, I think, is an upcoming superstar. Uh, Buxton's healthy. Sano's back. Kepler's been steady. So everything in the catching staff has been great, even though Garver's on a disabled list right now. You know, Jason Castro with seven home runs, Garver nine home runs. Everybody's doing a great job, and they've got a great bench, too, with uh, Astrodito and uh, uh, Adrianza. Everybody's everybody's contributing, and that's why they're 30 and 15. Bert, as a pitcher, if you if you were sitting and it was your turn to pitch today for Seattle, and you sat and watched those first three games, what the Twins did to your staff, and you've been a streak stopper and a top of the rotation guy, what do you look for, and how, how do you come out of that when you, you whoa, you know, nobody's been able to shut them down; they're hitting home runs. As a starting pitcher, what do you try to do to a team that's hot like the Twins? Well, you know what I learned early on: you got to repeat sometimes inside, not knock them off the plate, but you got to be more aggressive inside. The first thing again, I got to get ahead, down and away. You know, Ted Williams' heart hitting chart tells me Ted Williams, the greatest hitter of all time, maybe said if every pitch was down and away on the black, he would have hit 230, 240, 250 in that number four spot that pitchers call, you know, down and away. So I got to get ahead, down and away. If I get ahead, I've got to make them chase my breaking balls. If I go inside, I've got to repeat inside, go back in there again, and, and let the hitter be on the defense. Right now, the offense for the Twins, they are definitely on the offense. What do you like the most about their broadcasting? I'm sorry, I didn't get that, Sid. What do you, what do you like best about broadcasting? Uh, it's a baseball game. You know, I, I got to play for 23 years. Uh, this is my 24th year, I believe, broadcasting games. I love watching the game. I love the pitcher-catcher relationship. I, I love, you know, what guys are trying to do uh, offensively, defensively. I watch w- great plays. I saw uh, a great play last night, uh, Incarnacion for Seattle. <clears throat> I thought made a great play, uh, you know, going into foul territory, yeah. even though the Twins ended up scoring a run. That was an awesome play. A uh, guy that doesn't play a lot of defense, but I thought he made a great play and made a nice throw home. But uh, uh, I think it was Kepler that scored, but yep. he tagged up. But but it was a great play. You know, I along like those that. lines, Bert, I, I was listening to, to Dan Gladden uh, the other night talking about Kirby Puckett, where he played in Buxton, where they want him to play as a center fielder. And he, and he was saying how uh, there were some balls that dropped in front of Puckett because he played back so far, but he covered that so well. And they want him to come in a little. Some of the pitchers did, et cetera. Do pitchers have a big say? We always see you know somebody setting the defense. Do pitchers have a big say in where outfielders play? Well, of course, you know, I gave up a lot of home runs, so the deeper the uh, outfielders could play and throw their gloves up in the air, I was happy. But, uh, no, you know, I, I never moved an outfielder. That, that's up to the, you know, Tommy Watkins, I believe, is uh, yeah. in charge of uh, setting up the uh, the outfield uh, play. And, you know, again, they have so much information on every hitter of where they hit on a consistent basis that they'll try to cover that area as much as possible. And if the guy hits it, uh, say, if, say if Kepler's shading – a certain hitter toward right center, and the hitter hits it down the right field line. Well, that's something that the hitter has not done that often. So you kind of have to give and take, and that's what all these new analytic uh, experts are really basically helping 
the defense of every ball club uh, position their outfield of where they feel that uh, hitter is going to hit the ball. Burt, uh, baseball has done a number of things to try to speed the game up. One of them is to limit the number of visits to the mound, either by the catcher, infielders, or the coaching staff. Have you thought about how that in any way might have impacted your game? Well, first of all, I didn't like anybody visiting my <laughs> That's mound. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember Willie Stargell came over one time and said something. I said, do you see me hanging around first base? Why don't you go play that over there? <laughs> in a kidding way, though. In a kidding way, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, if you're an established pitcher, of course, sometimes the younger pitchers, you have to kind of walk them through it. I think Wes Johnson's done a good job of that. But there's little key reminders that I think every pitcher has to get back in the groove. Uh, you know, even last night, Barrios in the fifth inning, he just left started leaving some pitches up. He wasn't hitting his spots down in the strike zone. Of course, they uh, they ended up knocking him out of the inning, but that's something he's going to learn and hopefully get better at and uh, not let an inning like that get away. It's going to, though. That That's the game of baseball. You think his team can keep this up? I think they can keep it up, yes, uh, because of the veterans they added. You know, the Cruises, even though, you know, Nelson Cruz is on a disabled list. You have Crone, you have Scope, you have Gonzalez, guys that have been through uh, many years of, of major league experience. And, you know, I, I think the whole coaching staff has done a great job and, and they seem to be playing very loose. Uh, winning, uh, you know, creates a lot of bad habits. There's not many bad habits right now. And hopefully they won't have, have, have to go through too many stretches throughout the summer that they might lose two or three in a row. But you want to come back and, and get on that wedding cycle. And they've been able to do that. Hey, Bert, for being on this show, We'll send you a MERS certificate to Charter Field. Always a well, pleasure. You people well, will know this story. You come in as an 18-year-old kid. You don't have a place to live. You don't have furniture. And who arranged all of that? You did, Mr. Hartman. <laughs> that. We got another chapter question. for the book. Yeah, Mike and I are looking at each other like, who could that have been? Well, so he actually had an apartment that he gave you for free and free furniture? Well, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. It wasn't free. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was a good deal, though, right? Yeah, Oh, definitely. Oh, of course. Anything Sid gives you, you know, his hand is out there, straight out there. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's why it's fun when we get Bert on. <laughs> hey, Bert, thanks so much for being available. Yeah, yeah, oh, you're welcome, guys. And, uh, again, uh, you know, Twins go to, uh, they play Seattle today, go to Anaheim, and then they come back home. And uh, Hey, fans out there, support your club, man. They're playing good baseball. Yeah, well said. All right, that's Bert Blylevin. Back with more after this. Sports Huddle said Dave and Mike. All right, we are back, and there is a major, major golf tournament coming up here. In fact, a month from right now, it will be played at Hazeltine. Uh, the general chair of the tournament, Ruth Kimmelshoe, is online with us right now. Ruth, tell us about the KPMG event. If people aren't aware of it, it's going to bring the best golfers in the world, female golfers in the world, to Hazeltine. It is, Dave. We are so excited for the event to be coming to Hazeltine. Um, it will be hosted at Hazeltine. June 18th through the 23rd, the 20th through the 23rd, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is actual tournament play. And then that um, Tuesday, Wednesday is are the practice rounds. We will have 156 of the world's top women golfers 
uh, on site competing for what is one of five major championships that the women compete for every year. And we are super excited to be hosting the tournament. Ruth, what's the ticket situation? Well, tickets are absolutely available. Um, We have uh, several options for folks. Um, Daily grounds tickets are super affordable. Um, $20 Tuesday and Wednesday, $30 Thursday and Friday, $35 Saturday and Sunday. If you can't decide what day you want to come, there's an any day flex ticket that's $40. Um, You can get a weekly package, which is probably the best value at $100. And of course, there's free on-site parking. Kids 17 and under uh, get in with a paying adult. Uh, An adult can bring four kids 17 and under for free. Um, And then active and retired military also are welcome for free as a recognition of their service to the country. So it's a great event. It's very affordable. Get an opportunity to see some great golf, to walk around Hazeltine, which is such a tremendous golf course. And we're just real excited to host as many people out there as we possibly can. Are you in charge of marketing it as Hazeltine or or does the LPGA, the PGA come in and take over it? Do you sell all the boxes and the sponsorships or how does that work? Yeah, it's really a partnership. So the event is run by the PGA, um, and it is the PGA Championship for the women, just as the men's PGA Championship is going on right now out in New York. And so, but we partner very, very closely with uh, the PGA in hosting the event. And so we have a whole uh, set of volunteers that are members at Hazeltine who populate the the uh, committees and the divisions to help support the event. You know, this is what Hazeltine does. We host major tournaments. And interestingly, our very first major tournament uh, back in 1966 was the U.S. Women's Open. And so we are bringing the women back to the uh, golf course and excited to have them. Will there be any local gals in this tournament? We are working on uh, getting some local gals, Sid. Um, We know for a fact that Amy Olson, who... Uh, Hales from North Dakota will be at the tournament. She is an up-and-comer in the on the LPGA. Um, she narrowly missed winning the uh, Evian Championship at the end of last year, so she will be on site. And then there are several other major um, and exciting young women from across the United States. We'll, we expect to have Nellie and Jessica Corda from Florida. Um, Lizette Salas, who's from California, Angel Yin, who also is from California, and Marina Alex, who's from New Jersey. All those gals will be women to watch on the tournament. Um, we expect all of them to come and perform exceptionally well. And, of course, and Lexi, Lexi Thompson uh, will be here. Lexi will be here. We expect to have Lexi. Brooke Henderson, yeah. who has won this tournament um, in 2016, will be here. She's from Canada. Imbi um, Park should be here. Uh, she won the tournament in 2015. Danielle Kang, who's an American from California, won the tournament in 2017. And then the defending champion who won last year in a two-hole playoff, Sung Hyun Park, uh, will also be here. So it's going to be a great field. Of course, Envy Park, uh, going back to 2008 Women's Open in Interlock and was the, was a the champion there at the time. So she'll be uh, returning a little bit to, to home turf. A uh, couple of questions. One, uh, I assume there's a website where people can get information because I think a lot of, we don't want this to sneak up on people. And then lastly, how long are you going to make the, the women play? How many yards are you going to try to get into this uh, championship event? Yeah, so the website is kpmgwomenspga.com. 
So you can go directly there. There's all the information that you need around tickets and attendance. Um, you can also go to the PGA.com site and link into the tournament from there if that's easier. Um, the course is going to be tough. Uh, we expect that the women are going to play from 68 <laughs> Uh, 6,800 yards, 6,807 to be exact. And um, it's going to be a tougher course than I think uh, when the Ryder Cup was here. You know, we're expecting that the rough is going to be a little bit longer. We cut the Ryder Cup, the rough for the Ryder Cup fairly short to make it a little easier on the Americans. And um, so the 6,807 yardage isn't as long as the Ryder Cup, but it's going to be a tough golf course. And I would say that we're super excited. The condition of the golf course coming out of the winter is really phenomenal. And so we are getting ready to have a tough course, some great competition, some remarkable golf to watch. Um, and we just invite everyone to come out and see it. Yeah, you haven't had to run those sprinklers much, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't yet. We need a little heat and warmth, and we're hoping for some sunny, warm days the end of June. Hey, Ruth, we appreciate you joining us so much. We'll probably check in at least one more time before the, the event comes here. It's a month from now. Uh, Hazleton, we know, will do a great job. We appreciate you joining us this morning on a morning in which you're not going to be playing a lot of golf here in the Twin Cities. Not today, but we're still getting ready. Sounds good. All right. We will keep our eye on that event. We've got more sports to talk about. We'll do it right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. He played for one team, the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, Brian Robinson had a chance to address the media this last week, and a lot came pouring out from uh, you forget the stories and how long and, and how a guy gets to where he is, and uh, I've gotten a chance to know Brian and his wife, and she competes in the rodeo, and they've become part of Minnesota and Vikings forever. And Brian, uh, Mike Maxter with Sid Hartman and Dave Bona, and it was, uh, it, it was really fun to listen to you the other day because uh, – yeah, you, you, we don't realize all the backstories that at one point in time you didn't know if you'd be big enough or you're going to play linebacker and you wanted to play fullback and they made you defensive lineman. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting road that takes you where you go, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think that's what makes it all worth it. Is it's, it's you know it's about the story that's told. It's about the the progress that got you there and, and the whole process. You know, from when you were little all the way up until where it ends and. Uh, you know, this is just the next chapter for me. But yeah, it's definitely it's definitely kind of fun to always look back and see where you come from. Brian said, Arman, certainly one of my close personal friends. We had a great relationship all the time. You've been with the Vikings. What team? Talk about the team, uh, favorite team with the Vikings. Yeah, I think for me it was it was that 2017 team, and it, it wasn't just about the success or anything like that. I mean, it, it it wasn't about the wins and the losses. It was about that brotherhood that we had. It was about that camaraderie and that compassion we had for each other. And uh, it, there just was a bond there that I, I have never had with any other team. Uh, I, I'd say the closest closest teams that were to that were probably you know probably. Uh, some of the earlier years that I had, even, you know, 2008, 2009, uh, and then my team when we were at Texas. And, and it's funny because you talk about these teams that are close and have that brotherhood and that that type of compassion for each other. And the teams that get brought up are the teams that win. And uh, I think that means a lot. I think it means a lot for wins and losses when a team can come together and almost be family-like with each other. Those are the teams that are successful. 
Brian, you came back winter training camp, and it, it's an unceremonious league, and it, it's unforgiving. And, and so uh, at the end of it, uh, when you part ways with the Vikings and you go into that transition year, uh, how difficult is that week by week this last year to, to, to know Sundays are coming? And, and, and how, how did you handle that? Did you watch games? Did you what? Uh, you know, for me, it uh, it was hard knowing that I wasn't playing, but I think I did a good job of keeping my mind off of it. Uh, I, I didn't watch a lot of games. In fact, I watched very few games last year. I watched the very first game of the year, and to be honest with you, I was miserable. I was I'll emotional. Yep. Um, it, it wasn't a good place to be, and I immediately realized, you know what, this is not what you need to be doing on Sunday afternoon. So I think after that, I, I watched bits and pieces of games and, and watched a little bit here and there, maybe a quarter here, a quarter there, and kind of just – you know, went on, uh, you know, and, and just really surrounded myself with my family, got my mind off of it by doing some fishing. I trained each and every day as if I was getting ready to play. So I did a lot of things to keep my mind off of it. Uh, but it was tough every Sunday knowing that the guys were out there, you know, doing their deal. And uh, you just, you were at home. But like I said, I did a good job of keeping myself distracted by keeping my family around. How, what was most difficult about the position you you played, man. I think you you know, I think obviously the the you know when you talk about physically on the field, uh, just hitting every single play, every game, and then having to get your body ready to do it again the next week. Uh, you know, people think of the Sundays and how grueling it is, and uh, and they think of the Monday mornings that it probably feels like to get up, but they don't think about the Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays that you got to get up and go practice and you got to get up and go lift weights and you got to, you got to get your body going, you know, physically for the next week. And it truly is a grind. I mean, from Sunday all the way through probably, you know, really and truly some days late in the season, Friday morning was when you just started to feel halfway decent. And so that was, that was the tough part mentally. It was always a chess match, uh, you know, and it, it, you had to figure out the guy, before you got to game day. And then once you got to game day, you had to figure him out throughout the game because he may do something totally different. And then, you know, you deal with the weather elements and things like that. So you have to be mentally tough as well. Um, you know, so those things are, are things that probably a lot of people don't even think about when it comes to football. And, and those are the things that are probably the toughest things to deal with. Brian, you got another competitor in your family. And I had a chance to remember when you first came to town, you are living out there in Savage. Remember that? We came out threw some horseshoes with you. I got to know your wife and she competes in rodeo. Uh, explain how that works in the circuit that she's on. Well, what she does is basically, you know, pretty much early in the year, January through, I guess I'd say May. Uh, she does a lot of stuff around the Texas area. She may hit one or two, you know, Louisiana, Oklahoma or something like that, but everything's pretty much Texas based. And then as it moves on, um, you know, especially getting into the summer months, June, July, August, they kind of call it Cowboy Christmas is what they call it. And basically what it is, is there's a whole swing that goes basically from Texas up to the Dakotas and then west. And basically she'll be on the road for, you know, two and a half months and she's hitting rodeo to rodeo to rodeo. Uh, literally going, you know, to the Dakotas, Wyoming, Colorado, California, Oregon, the whole, that whole region. And uh, it's a grueling job for them too, because there's so much travel. I mean, there, there's times she pulls into a rodeo, gets the horses out, warms them up, gets them all ready, makes a, 
you know, 15 second run, loads them back up and they're on the road again for another 10 hours. Uh, so it's just, you know, literally just a lot of driving, a lot of getting out, going, going, going. And, uh, same thing, time away from the family, uh, same thing with us, you know, time away from the family. And so we go out and try to support her while we can. And, um, I don't know if she's going to make that big swing this year. Uh, I hope she does. I think, I think she, uh, this will be the first year that she's actually had a full year to compete, but we've got a lot of stuff going on as well. So I understand that, but um i just try to i just want to be able to support her any way we can she she uh makes me very proud you're gonna live here no we're gonna live in texas man uh that's that's where we're from that's where we were born and raised uh that that is home for us but uh, i will not be a stranger to the state of minnesota i always come back uh that the youtube series that i'm shooting the transition season this year um i'll be doing a lot of fishing up here and and you know, filming that stuff. So I'll be back and forth periodically about every month. So I'll never be a stranger to the state of Minnesota, even though we won't live here. I will always come back. Ryan Robinson, uh, you did a fantastic job for this Viking team. And uh, I sure enjoyed being a, a relationship with you. That one big picture, the players, the Star Tribune and carrier of you, and I walking off the field is a prize of a, in my house. And for being on this show, I want to get you a, a certificate, a Murray certificate. Make sure you got the address. Brian, if you yeah, can, we, stand the phone. We'll, we will take care of that once we... Thanks, Brian. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything. All right, uh, we'll be back. Well, in fact, we're going to be back with your phone calls. Phone lines are filled. Wait for a phone line to open up. But you've done a great job. We'll talk to you right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Here's how it's going to work for the final two segments. You filled the phone lines. When someone drops off, if you want to get involved, be the first to call us back at 651-989-9226, and then we'll get you queued up. Also, that's the same way used to send us a text message. We've got a number of text messages, and all the phone lines are filled. We're going to alternate them as best we can, starting with the person who's been on hold the longest, and that will be you, Bill, in Crookston. Bill, good morning. What's on your mind? Yeah, hi, guys. Just a couple thoughts on the twins. I've been loving this. Uh, the first thing I, I, I noticed that a lot of our new players, like uh, the Crones, the Perez, uh, Scope, the guys we brought in really seem to want to play for this team. And I think that in itself is good. And I think it really helps the younger players seeing those guys want believing in the team and wanting to come in. Uh, number two, my concern coming into the year was with so many changes in coaching, players, you know, how do all these pieces get put together? And uh, I know this man will not – he'll say the player's playing, he doesn't. But I give a tip of the hat and a lot of credit to Mr. Rocco Baldelli. He has put together the pieces like I've never seen, and he's uh, also created an incredible atmosphere. It's a long season. Uh, it's been a fun run. It's going to continue to be a fun run. I'll be down there for three next weekend, and I hope to see that ballpark full. Thank you. Bill, thanks for your call. I don't hear a question there, so I'm going to move on to a text message. Sid, this is – specifically directed to you. It says, Sid, while Joe Maurer was playing, do you think his large salary in any way held the Twins back? He he made up his mind. He had a, another kid. He got three kids. His wife didn't want him to be traveling all of the time. No chance of that. But I think the question was, did his $23 million salary keep the Twins from doing other alternative things because it was such a big chunk of the payroll? 
Not it helped the payroll. Is that what you're saying? No, they're wondering if it hurt the payroll because it was less money to spend on other free agents, what have you. Yeah, it helped them. They, they had more money to spend. More money now. From, from his payroll. More money now. Yeah. yeah. This year. Okay, thank you. I want to get that clear. Let's move on. Who should be next year? Oh, Vikings looks like the subject. Going to Moorhead, where we're going to talk to Glenn. Good morning, Glenn. Is it raining and as cloudy and uh, kind of discouraging a day in Moorhead as it is here in the Twin Cities? Yes, sir. It would be a good day to be out in the duck blind with uh, my favorite Springer Spaniel and cold yeah. lunch and a wet pan. Hey, man, save me a spot. Oh, I go what? right between Fargo and Valley City every year. <laughs> Mike's salivating over yeah. that. <laughs> that. I'm I'm an old cobber, Concordia cobber, sure. and I'm concerned or question about Brandon Zilstra. The Vikings picked him up as a free agent from the Canadian League a year and a half ago, and he's only playing occasionally. And yet they're drafting two and three wide receivers, some free agents. He's a player. He's proved himself in Canada. He can catch the ball, no question. What's his future? And the second one, is Burt Blylevin done broadcasting, or is he just on leave? Well, he's not on leave. They just give you up the schedule. Right. He's got an yeah. amount of games in there. They're playing yeah, whatever the it is. Yeah. I think it's a, at least it's been a long time, about 25. I want to talk about Zilstra, who I think is probably a good candidate to replace Sheryls. Well, Zilstra, obviously, it's the same as path that everybody takes. I mean, they're going to always bring in wide receivers and tight ends and all kinds of players to challenge. But that doesn't mean they don't like Brandon Zilstra. He played well enough for him last year. Uh, he's on pace. I don't think there's anything wrong with where he's at. It's just that people get anxious or they get nervous. They see somebody else coming in, but they like him. And watch out for his younger brother at Minnesota State Mankato, who they said is farther along than he was at the same point. All right, good answer. I want to thank whoever just texted us. Obviously, people like the phone calls because I got a very nice text a minute ago saying, great show and nice to hear the phone calls. We're going to take one more before our final break. It's another Twins question, apparently, and that will be you, Brady, and Prior Lake. Go ahead, Brady. Yeah, I want to talk about Austin Adams. Yeah, which one? Uh, he, uh, he pitched the ninth inning last night. Yeah, the Twins' Austin from? Adams, not Seattle's Austin Adams. Right. The twins. Yeah. Well, they both, within three days of each other, they both brought up a pitcher named Austin Adams. I, I, I was confused last night. I was listening to the game, and they said Adams finishes it, and, they, and I thought, that's not the right team. You know? One of them's got facial hair. Our yeah. Austin Adams does not. He came out of the minor league system. He was a free agent signing, uh, did relatively well at Rochester. They're burning through a lot of arms. Uh, Hildenberger had a bad outing. They looked around to see who was rested, who was available, and that's, you know, there were about six or seven of those uh, you know people signed uh, at AAA hoping that they might get themselves ready and come up and that's that's where he came from all right we're yeah, gonna take he a, looks really good yeah he's, well it's only one outing so far all right we're gonna take a break here come back take your calls the rest of the way that does open up one line you know the number we'll be right back sports huddle sid dave and mike right, i'm gonna cut frank short we got all these phone lines filled it's been a fun morning for us if anybody thinks we don't like phone calls they, they don't know what's going on in the studio we love your phone calls okay let's uh, take another one let's and then i got a text message for you sid uh caller first he's been a hold 15 minutes tom in minneapolis go ahead tom Hey, how you doing, guys? Thank We're doing you very great. Much for taking my call yeah. last night, uh, Kepler missed a uh, missed a uh, a catch, uh, and it bounced back, and um, it was the first uh, batter of Seattle. And I think that that kind of cost uh, Barrios his win because you know one of the things that's allowed the Twins to have a couple of pictures, three pictures, six and one, is the defense behind them. And uh, I think if Kepler makes that catch, there's one out. Only two to go, and uh, you don't have a whole lot of seeing-eye uh, hits uh, that knock Barrios out of the game and cost him the win. 
You know, I think, Tom, that's an interesting observation. You may well be right, but it was a combination of things. They had some interesting dugout shots of Barrios in those extraordinarily long innings, sure. doing whatever he could to stay warm. <laughs> Talk about a good problem, huh? I, I, it really is, but they had him inning after inning, and I think with that error, and he started thinking about it, he lost control of the strike zone. It was really too bad to, to see him not get that victory. Oh. Uh, Sid, I got a text message for you. It's two part. It says Draymond Green would be a good signing for the Timberwolves. And when are the Timberwolves going to name a coach? And who do you think it will be? I think it'll be this week. I think without a doubt, I'd be shocked if Saunders is not named a coach. But Gun Taylor hasn't taken any calls from anybody. And uh, the new uh, president of basketball. Basketball did call me right from the lottery, but uh, I told him what I thought about Saunders. He should definitely should be the guy, and think will be the guy. I guess it's over then if if Sid's vote is in, Mike. Well, he's just covered his rear end again in case Ryan gets it. So well, good job, Sid. No, that's so, totally unlike Sid. Uh, back to the callers. Let's go to uh, Scott and Clinton. Scott, what's on your mind? Yeah, just a quick question. Um, who's the Team leader in the clubhouse this year for the Twins. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. The, clo- the closest was Nelson Cruz. Now, he's hurt right now, but he's got a personality about him that people are drawn to him. He's just kind of got a quiet confidence uh, about him. I-, I do believe leadership's overblown in-, in clubhouses because you have a pitching staff that's almost a separate team from the, the position players. But there is no question, if- as you talk to people, uh, Nelson Cruz uh, came across as the person that uh, guys would go to with questions, and he was he was uh, not above helping and and bringing in young players and all those things, and and that could still emerge. I agree with you. That's the feedback I've got. That's one of the reasons they brought him in. I think they also think he'll be a good influence on Sano, and we're just starting to see that. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch. We are out of time. I cannot thank our listeners enough. They responded so well to the invitation this morning for their calls. They had good questions. Uh, they were ready when we called on them, uh, good text messages. And I want to thank our guests. Any day that starts with the uh, inter- uh, interview with Tom Kelly is going to be a good day. Mike Zimmer, we appreciate that. Jamie Traxel, keep your eye on that gopher game. It's supposed to be 3 o'clock. That's the softball game. Most don't know about because of the weather. Kyle Rudolph, Burt Blylevin, Ruth Kimmelshu talking about the big KPGMG uh, event coming up at Hazeltine, Irv Smith, Brian Robinson, and once again, your phone calls, your text messages. We will do it all again next week. We're going to try to get you involved. I think we learned a good lesson this morning. We'll always try to find time for our callers and our texters, and we appreciate that so much. So we're uh, hauling out for today. Rashini Rajkumar is coming in with their show. Twins later on this afternoon. Have a good day, good rainy day. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.